Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of the Cardiacrin Kids Cleveland Sports Podcast. We are doing an all NFL show today, guys. Uh, we got Browns, Browns, Browns doing everything. We're talking to OBJ. We're talking to Olivier Vernon. We're doing it all. We're breaking down all the other acquisitions. And then we're going to go around the NFL and we're going to recap all of the free agency moves this far and break down some of the biggest deals and some of the biggest you know players that are switching teams and moving on so without any further ado let's get it on ladies and gentlemen we are back before we get into all the good stuff all the the browns talk all the free agency talk we wanted to officially announce that we are joining the pulse podcast network we are partnering with them uh, you can check out their website. Uh, it's the pulsepodcastnetwork.com. They got all kinds of really good content on there, all kinds of different podcasts. They've got podcasts for all the different sports teams, uh, some general sports, which is where you can find us listed. They got uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast, all kinds of really good content on there for you guys to check out. And make sure you check us out. Uh, keep an eye. We're going to put some merchandise on there for the show it's going to be uh, a really good uh, partnership with them we're, we're excited yeah and along with pulse they're also going to be having uh blogs as well as forums uh where you can go on you can read some blogs that Brandon and i are going to be start posting uh, and join the forums as well get some good talks in there they have it broken down in different sections nfl nba uh, music, a whole bunch of stuff. So again, that website is pulsepodcastnetwork.com. And like Brandon said, you can find us in the general sports section. Uh, our big logo is the third one on there. Uh, we're going to keep the same topic, still talk all things Cleveland. As of right now, we're just doing all brown since, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a trade that happened. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But yeah, definitely listen to us on there. And you can still find us on uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Castbox, a whole bunch of different we're, ones. We're, but we're on them all. Yeah, we're on yeah. them all. So, but yeah, definitely check us out on the Pulse Podcast Network. And like uh, Brandon said, they have a whole bunch of different stuff on there. So we're gonna get into the f- all the free agency stuff next. But first, we're gonna hear a word from one of our sponsors, Tick Splits. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TixFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TixFlix. That's TixFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Baker's got the snap. He's up in the pocket. He's looking left. Down the field. Firing. He's going for Beckham. So being a Cleveland Brown is way more than just playing football. It's about being enough. 
the Browns completed the trade for Odell Beckham Jr. We also brought in Olivier Vernon from the New York Giants. We sent out Kevin Zeitler and Jabril Peppers along with this year's 17 overall pick and a third round pick, uh, which is 95 overall. We made some moves. I'm so freaking excited about this. Mark, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? So first off, I definitely have to eat crow on this one. There, I if you guys follow me on Twitter at Cardiac and Mark, I was very much under the impression we would not get Odell. I thought there was uh, almost too much smoke. You know, I mean, this talk has been happening for what a year since Baker and Jarvis and Odell were training together. And there's that picture with Odell with the ball that has the Browns logo on it. I just, I just thought Dave Gettleman was smart enough not to trade a 26 year old superstar wide receiver. Who's on the path to make the hall of fame. And I was wrong. I was way, way wrong. And I have never been happier to be wrong. Now, to jump out in front of this, on Twitter, I also said I would eat a T-shirt if Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns, and uh, my wife will not let me do that. So we'll have to think of something else that I can either do or maybe donate to a chair. Something like that to not tear up my stomach. Yeah. Um, we want you to live so we can keep on with the podcast. Fair enough. We, we, right. we don't need any of that, but we definitely have to find some kind of fair compensation for that that promise that you, you won't be able to follow through with but uh yeah what you're saying about there being a lot of smoke that definitely was kind of odd because everything up until the up until that point john dorsey has done has, has kind of been out of the blue so yeah anything that you actually heard you know the rumors swirling around it kind of as nice as it was to hear at the same time, you're like, well, this doesn't seem very John Dorsey like to have this stuff come out and be hearing about it right now. You think you would think that a deal like that is something that's just gonna be kind of like, boom, there it is. Yeah, you know what the weird part to me was is the fact that you know when all this stuff really started ramping up about three weeks ago, you had your Dustin Foxes, you had you know a bunch of different personalities on Twitter as a girl, you know. All between the eye emojis and things like that, mm, which we talked about, you yeah, know, last episode. But for sure. you know, it wasn't coming from Cleveland. I mean, Dustin Fox even said he had heard it from a source outside of the team. Mm-hmm. So none of the leak stuff was coming from Dorsey and Gang. It had to have been coming from New York or some. You know, there there was some leak somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because only Cleveland really caught on to it. I didn't hear anything about I New York media and New York fans were adamant they were not trading Odell Beckham. So I it's crazy how much smoke got out of it, and I have no idea where it came out of. And it was interesting how it happened because obviously, you know, the trade didn't happen until a couple of days after the Olivia Vernon trade was, you know, announced. Yeah. So I'm telling you, man, it was it was an act of good faith. A lot I really think that's kind of what got the ball rolling that was that was my prediction on it actually last week um it didn't take as long as i thought i i didn't think they were going to make this this move until that J- june 1st deadline but once i kind of learned a little bit more about it it made sense um i mean the dead cap that they had to eat up was only for this year 
Right. They're not going to be spending all of that this year anyway, so it's not it wouldn't hurt them in that aspect. It'd be you know they're not going to have to worry about it next year or anything. So once I kind of once the trade happened and you learned a little bit more about it, it kind of made more sense. Like it wasn't as big as of it as big of a deal as I kind of thought and I initially made it out to be, but. Yeah, it's interesting to, you know, I hope, you know, we get more details at least, you know, later down the road on how it all came about because it was very interesting how you kind of heard all that and then we get Olivier Vernon and, you know, that kind of seemed like that was it. Like that was the deal. Right. And then three days later, I fall asleep around six o'clock when I get home. I decided to take a nap. I told Mark, you know what, we don't we don't need to do a surprise show today. We'll we'll wait till later in the week when we actually have OBJ. I take a nap and then five minutes later, I'm out, not paying attention, and we trade for OBJ. I'm blowing up and, uh, Brandon's phone trying to get him to wake up or find him because I'm like, dude, we got Odell. You're nowhere to be found. We got to do something right now. I I really messed up that day. I, I was so mad. I didn't find out till like eight or nine o'clock. The deal went down at what, like six thirty, seven o'clock, something like that. And my roommate came in and woke me up. He said, uh, "Did you know we traded for Odell Beckham Jr.?" I'm like, "Shut up, dude!" And sure enough, I get on my phone. I got like ten messages from Mark. Like, "Hey, man, let's do the show. Get over here." And I look up Twitter, and sure enough, there it is. Yeah, Browns I was trade Frodo Beckham Jr. It's confirmed. Gonna, it's gonna be one of those moments where you never forget where you were. Uh, well, obviously, other than you because you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I was in the shower, and my phone starts blowing up, and I just figured it was group text, you know, whatever maybe. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Schefter, Odell Beckham's going to Cleveland, and I had to check and make sure I saw that blue check mark because i have his notifications on Mm -hmm. but i'm still like what the hell there's no way so i mean hey i again i am so happy to eat crow about it you can go through all my tweets about how i was just so adamant it was not gonna happen and i think i think that was you just i don't even know if you necessarily believe that i mean i'm not inside your head but i i felt like it was the same thing I was kind of trying to do is just talking yourself down. Like this can't really be happening. Yeah, oh yeah. Let's I, let's just let's just chill. Because I was tempering were, my expectations. Every time I'd say something about it after the initial like hype, once we traded for Olivier Vernon and that seemed like it. Every time I talked to you, it was just kind of like stop it. It's not gonna happen. And I'm like, I know it's probably not gonna happen, but you know what if? And you're just like, stop it, stop it. And then sure enough, here we are. Odell Beckham Jr., a Cleveland Brown. It, it's amazing. And you were just talking about the impact of it. Like, it being one of those moments, you're not going to forget, you know, where you were when it happened. Unfortunately, my story is not so glorious. However, um, something I thought was kind of funny is I posted a poll on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you ended up looking up the results of it. And we'd have a ton of votes. It was only like 30 to 40 votes, somewhere like that. Okay. But. It was, you know, kind of which which moment kind of had a bigger impact or was more important to you, and that was between LeBron James returning from the Miami Heat to come back to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I very vividly remember going crazy when they announced it on the radio. I do there was remember talk swirling yeah. all day, 
and once it was announced on the radio and the the whatever host it was they were reading the article that you know he he had teamed up with sports illustrator or illustrated to write and i remember that moment and then i also you know the other one being the obj moment and it was 50 50 yeah i it's brownstown that's what i'm saying i understand lebron james has the roots here and you know had brought his, us our first his, championship eventually stint, yeah. brought us the championship coming back but this is a browns town like you said yeah for sure we are cleveland browns i mean where we're at is not a browns town it's it's akron this is actually no, it's more a of a lebron town but cleveland an hour up north it's where all, all our teams yeah. are based it's a browns town and i i agree just because it is something you know that massive happening to the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't. I don't think I got to vote. So if I'm gonna have to be the swing vote on that, I'm going OBJ. Yeah, I'm gonna pat myself on the back real quick here. Uh, I just found this tweet from myself March eighth at eleven thirty six. Wonder if this could act as good faith for an OBJ trade down the road. Dot 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 dot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and I saw that, and that's that's kind of like. Maybe not what I necessarily wanted, you know, believed, but that's what I really wanted to think. Like that's what yeah. I was hoping for when that happened. And it's amazing that it just turned out this way. And that makes it two of my hot takes that are fifty percent complete. Yeah. The first one with Nick Foles, which we'll talk about a little bit later, going to the Jags. My hot take being he's gonna go to the Jags and he's gonna take them on a deep playoff run. That's and then one. The other one being if the Browns land OBJ, they're going to be Super Bowl champions. Imagine the scenario. Uh, it's uh, July, almost entering into August. Indians are playing better than expected. Frankie Lindor's hot in the middle of MVP talk. We see OBJ, Baker, Jarvis outworking. Maybe we land uh, Eric Berry or something of that sort. Maybe have a nice little draft, getting ready for training camp. Cavs are shipping out Zion Williamson jerseys like crazy after we draft him first overall. Could you imagine having three of the most popular players in their respective sports between Zion, Frankie, and Odell Beckham? Yeah, that that, that would, would be insane. Be nuts. That'd be insane. But at the same time, it seems like we can't have all good in Cleveland. I feel uh, like any time one of our teams take a jump, another one just has to go straight to the dumps. So who's your dumps team? You know, I think with whatever, you know, the, the opportunity the Cavs, I want I'm quick to say them. But I'm also a little bit worried that it's going to be kind of like the opposite situation and it's going to be the Indians that start trending down. However, I like, however, like they, they got kind of worse as far as proven talent, but they got a lot of young guys. So I'm staying optimistic with them for now. So I'm going to say it's the Cavs, even if they got Zion, they're still probably not going to be very good. 
Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, uh, him or him or Ja Morant, I think are definitely franchise changers. But they're mm-hmm. gonna, they're gonna. It's be gonna bad. take a lot yeah. more than that. It's gonna be sure. another year or two of sucking, getting you know higher picks and actually landing those. Sexton's look good. Chetty's really found himself as well. Kevin yeah. Love seems like he's happier than he's ever been in Cleveland. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna be like. They might be hovering around playoffs, but. I mean, let's be honest. What does it matter if you're not, right? You know sure. that that cha- that championship contender. Like we, it, it it just it's it sucks. You know, straight up going from having LeBron and being in the finals every year, guaranteed to, yeah. you know, trying to make the playoffs, but knowing even if you make the playoffs, you don't have a chance anyway. Well, maybe so we'll uh, maybe we'll trade for LeBron. Apparently, he's on the trading block. So yeah, who knows? <laughs> who, who who was it that said that? Uh, uh, somebody on of- like. Uh, uh, the rumor was Jeannie Buss is uh, sick and tired of LeBron and Rich Paul and well, was thinking about trading him. It was one of the the commentators was saying it during like at oh, the end of was, one of the games. It was uh, Van Gundy's the yeah, one who Van first Gundy. brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of funny. I mean, he took a lot of heat for that. Yeah. But at the same time, like I kind of see where he's coming from. It's not the it, it's, it's not the biggest hot take I've ever heard. This is but that. Not to get too too far off track, going on the late, you know, talking about the Lakers and talking mm-hmm. about LeBron and all that, because um, that's not what this is about. No, mm. but just just to throw this in here real quick, if you didn't think this was going to be a rough first year, you're crazy. This is oh yeah, they have to play it up like oh they're gonna you know he's gonna take them straight th- to the the finals and through the playoffs because he's LeBron. But we, if if you if you were smart and you knew anything, you knew that. They weren't going to do anything till the, they make some moves this year in free agency and try to land some of the big name players. Yeah, because they had a lot of young, unproven talent, and just hoping that LeBron was going to will that. He can't. He can't do that every season. So I just didn't see that happening. I I knew there's a lot of big free agents coming out this year in free agency, and that's when they're they're going to be making their push. Yeah. So I. Uh... Let's go ahead and break down the entire offseason for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start, you know, talking about. We won't go into super detail on the guys that have been signed for quite a while, but we'll mm-hmm. at least, you know, yeah, uh, we're just going to run down them. all of pretty much the offseason acquisitions, aside from the one we just talked about. Again, OBJ is a Brown. Yes. Olivier Vernon's a Brown. Yes. Mark, who else is a Brown? So, uh, obviously, again, we're not going to go too deep into this discussion here. Uh, Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. got him at least for a one-year, $1.1 million deal. Stud. Uh, just came out recently, uh, actually yesterday, that he has a eight-game suspension coming up. Mm-hmm. He will not appeal it. Uh, I think that's pretty fair, all things sure. considered. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not going to argue with I that I like that for he's sure. not appealing it, too. Yeah. Like, you know, his, his agent might advise it to try to get two games shaved off, but that shows he knows he messed up and he's willing to accept punishment for it. Exactly. And maybe the NFLPA kind of s- steps in on that, but overall I think that's that's pretty fair, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Strong, uh, one year, it was only 720000 uh, with the Odell Beckham signing, it looks like we'll probably have one, maybe two other spots mm-hmm. to have a receiver. I'd like them to get a younger guy in the draft, maybe somebody who's a uh, good fit in special teams. Sure, sure. And then if Strong works out, he would be a nice 
He's uh, going to be a back-end guy. Back-end guy, for sure. Roster. Yeah. Uh, newly acquired Demetrius Harris. Now, this guy is a pretty interesting story. Uh, John Dorsey was on with Zagur and Bo Bishop on CBD, and they asked him about Demetrius Harris. For those of you who don't know, he's a tight end. He's 28 years old. Uh, he's a big boy. He's 6'7", I think 260, 270, somewhere around that range. Mm. Uh, the first time John Dorsey had heard about him was when he was with the Packers, and Harris was actually a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So then when Dorsey went to the Chiefs, he saw his name once again uh, as an undrafted free agent prospect. Long story short, brought him into Kansas City. Him and Harris have a great relationship. Uh, Harris is a very, very good run blocker. I believe he was uh, top 15, according to Pro Football Focus, top 20, mm-hmm. uh, where he's replacing Darren Fells, who we released. Uh, Darren Fells was like 54th, I think. So, I mean, that's a definite upgrade there. He's a way bigger target, and he's really fast. I think he ran like a 4.5, 4.640. Uh, so, he, I, he does have concerns with drops, and he also... Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of experience. He was trapped behind Travis Kelsey in uh, Kansas City. But uh, we've talked about it before. Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin both love running two tight end sets. And if you have Harris and Njoku in there, that's a great tight end duo. So I think Harris, I mean, he's not going to have a ton of catches or a ton of yards and stuff, but he's going to be a pretty nice, uh, you know, fourth, fifth option for Baker, you know, uh, Either coming off the line or even splitting him out, maybe in a matchup. He sounds to type me of deal. like a direct answer or you know replacement for Darren Fells, who was very very much a similar situation, except maybe a lot faster than Darren Fells was because Darren Fells was the the six foot eight tall, used to be a basketball player kind of guy, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's just kind of like a a little bit of a younger version of that. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, his contract wasn't very big. I don't believe uh, I don't have the exact terms. I couldn't find them, but it, I thought it was something somewhat small. It's a two-year deal, mm-hmm. so uh, by the time his contract's up, he'll be thirty. We'll see if he can be a key contributor um, to the team. Mm-hmm. So uh, another signing we had, Eric Cush. He's an offensive guard. He started a few games last year for Chicago. Uh, he's another guy Dorsey knows. He drafted him uh, in Kansas City. See, seems like he's a pretty good player, actually. We got him really cheap, less than two million bucks a year as a two-year, three point seven five million dollar deal. Uh, that's your competition, I think, for Corbett definitely. Cush uh, also has uh, some experience at center as well, so he provides some good interior depth. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I've heard that you know he's was surprisingly good maybe not as as much as some numbers you know would would say but at the same time i just decided to do my own little quick research here mm-hmm. he was actually uh bleacher report did a uh an article of one player every nfl team must bench immediately Ooh. and he was the chicago's bears player that must be benched immediately so that's kind of interesting whenever he must not have been playing uh his best when that came out sure but i've you know i've i've heard you know the opposite of that is that in certain aspects he's really good so it'll be interesting to see how he pans out here for sure yeah you know it's funny that they had that article because according to pro football focus he was 
an average. He had a mm-hmm. 56.5. He was the 52nd overall guard. So obviously, toward that's more towards the end. But uh, he's he's 29 years old. At worst, he's going to provide decent depth on the inside. So it's definitely not a game changer, but it's a move that definitely needed to be made. And especially since uh, Eric, or I'm sorry, Earl Watford went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe. So we needed a guy to kind of fill yeah. that slot. And I and I think if we're being real as Browns fans, we're we're pushing for Austin Corbett to step up and take that take that role by the horns and yeah right win that job yeah um another guy we signed for uh depth purposes it's a offensive tackle named kendall lamb mm-hmm. uh 26 almost 27 years old he had a 64.7 grade which is a good for the number 52 overall tackle which is again average as well uh lamb has experience both at the left tackle as well as right tackle uh I believe he was graded right around Chris Hubbard in that aspect for pro football focus. And the thing with him, he's a very good pass blocker. He might have been one of the worst run blockers I've ever seen when I watched a little bit of his tape. He's very good at run uh, pass blocking, but, man, those run blockings brutal. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, very cheap contract. He only got a two-year, $4.5 million deal. Again, could end up being more of a depth signing. But, man, I if, hope if he does start, he needs to really sack up and play some run blocking there. For yeah, sure. I hope he can improve on that because I don't like Chris Hubbard at all. So I hope I hope he's somebody who shows improvement in that area and is able to take over that right tackle spot. I still think our tackles are still a questionable, the most questionable part of our, our uh, offensive side of the ball, at least. I think it's something... We still need to go grab one in the draft semi early, and have them compete for a starting role, um, and that leads into you know a guy we re-signed also and Greg Robinson, gave him kind of a prove it deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good. So I like that. So a lot. we're bringing him back. He he played well when he got thrown in there. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes along too. He he's got a really good shot, you know to take you know that starting role going into the season he'll probably start as number you know one at left tackle on the depth chart Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see with him because it's a one-year nine million prove it deal Mm -hmm. best case scenario he is very good and the problem with that though is we're not going to be able to resign him more than likely i don't know if our budget allows for a left tackle type of money the other side is if he's bad then we need another left tackle. If he's okay like he was last year, maybe, you know, around a seven, eight, nine million dollar deal for two or three years rather than just the one prove it deal. So that's a big, you know, key story for ne- kind of next year is, is Greg Robinson the answer? Do we need to sign somebody to replace mm-hmm. him? Can Kendall Lamb kind of be the guy? Are we going to get rid of Chris Hubbard and his bigger contract after next year? Because I believe we have a pretty good size out next year from Hubbard. So a lot of that stuff's going to be really interesting to just kind of key on and look. Yeah. Now we're going to hop over to the other side of the ball and talk about some of the defensive acquisitions. Um, Sheldon Richardson. What a, what a really good pickup. Love it. Um, you know, going into free agency, it was so funny because the first day the Browns did nothing and we are so, we are hearing about how aggressive John Dorsey is going to be. 
And day one goes by, and you hear all these signings, and nothing. And then the net within the next couple of days, it's not even a volume like of deals, but the quality of the deals that we made, and Sheldon Richardson being one of those guys, really, really good pickup for us. And we got a really tough one-two punch at that defensive tackle position, adding to the monstrous line we're going to have with Garrett and Vernon on the outside, Ogunjobi, and the newly acquired Sheldon Richardson inside. What do you think of that deal? I That's such a great deal. It really is. And we bring him in for three years, $36 million. Just, it's not that bad of a deal, honestly. No, and I believe we can get out of it pretty easily after the first year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, John Dorsey said at the Combine he wanted all four defensive linemen to be able to get to the quarterback. And he's got that. Traded for Vernon, got Richardson. He's a perfect fit at the three-tech right next to Larry at the one. And, I mean, oh, my. This is going to make Miles better. This is going to make Vernon better. This is going to make Larry better. And this is going to honestly, I think this is going to make Larry or uh, Joe and Kirksey and Avery better, or mm-hmm. whoever the linebackers end up being. I, I think Richardson just is going to be such a good fit for that defense. I think that that's probably the biggest signing other than Odell that we have for sure. Consistently being able to pressure the quarterback is going to make you know every. Every other, yeah, every other corners, position better. Gonna, I mean, it's going to make the corners look better because the the passes are going to be less accurate and they're going to be more rushed. The linebackers, you know, same deal. So yeah. it's as 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 long as this this defensive line is as powerful as it looks on paper, it's going to affect the rest of the defense in such a positive way. So any any other holes we we might you know, think we have going into the season, which we still have a couple we need to address, but it will go a long way to help cover up those once the season season comes around and we're getting to the quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's why they were fine with trading Peppers to the Giants. Sure. Or maybe that's why they've not made a huge push for a better cornerback opposite of Ward. Uh, you know, definitely a couple different theories there. Uh and I don't think we really touched on him, but I am going to miss Peppers a lot. He has really grown on me as a player. I have a jersey of him. Love the guy. Wish him all the best in New York. Uh, same for Zeitler. He was a great right guard. Really formed that middle with Treader and uh, Batonio. And good luck to both of them out in New York. I hope they play well out there. And Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, adding to the depth of the defensive tackle position, we are bringing back Carl Davis on, yeah, a, on a small one-year deal. It's nothing crazy. He had one 41 year, snaps last year, so I don't think it's exactly, uh, you know, yeah, it's, a depth. Crazy, it's just... a depth purpose. It's a training camp body. Exactly. Uh, they're going to bring Coley back. They already tendered him, and mm-hmm. uh, they'll probably end up drafting a guy, maybe a younger guy. Uh, definitely got to keep adding depth to that defensive line, though. That's that's you know, but that with bringing Richardson in, that's one position we don't have to address, you know, early in the draft. Now, I was gonna say with that 17 overall pick, we don't have that, yeah, but still, yeah, I I I would still like for them to take a defensive tackle, depending on where they end up picking and whatnot. Uh, fourth round, third sure. round, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's gonna be Kalen Sanders, Saunders, excuse me, is one guy to watch for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a kind of an up and comer. Uh, at the defensive tackle position, and 
Uh, I, I would still look at Edge as well. I know we still have Ogbo on the team, who we've heard definitely in trade talks. Uh, but if we end up keeping him in his depth, he can play the edge. He can play inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of hope we do keep Ogba, but at the same time, if they move on, I kind of understand that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Browns also signed Adarius Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much, a whole lot about him. Yeah, I mean, he, he did come, uh, come out and say that he is coming here to start, which that's the obvious answer when trying to go to a new team. You know, everybody wants to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor had an okay uh, pro football focus grade. It was 42.2. It was considered below average. Uh, but I know he's had some different uh, – he's been able to play the middle linebacker. He's played the weak side linebacker. So he's got a little bit of versatility. That's, this seems more of like a uh, depth move and a special teams move mm-hmm. to me personally. Yeah, he, he seems like a decent player. It doesn't look like he was really a starter last year for uh, – he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in 10, 10 starts, I mean, he had 60 combined tackles, 41 solo tackles, uh, four tackles for loss. And then, like like I said, that, that all seems like that's in a limited role. So yeah, you never right. know if, you know if he really did get, you know, the start at that outside line, linebacker position. And he gets gets the reps. Maybe he puts up some bigger numbers. We'll, yeah, we'll and see. I mean the deal was a two year deal for five million bucks. It's a nice little gamble. I don't even want to call it a gamble. I mean it's a nice little contract. Nothing crazy. Who you know? At worst, I hope he's just a good special teamer. Sure. Uh, another linebacker. Uh, the Browns are bringing back. Uh, kind of real back end guy, Ray Ray Armstrong. He got a, a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Nothing crazy. Yeah, another depth move, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then we also brought back Philip Gaines, the cornerback, uh, on a one-year deal as well. And I believe that's that's kind of like a roundup of all of the off-season deals, yeah. including Who, uh, you know, trades and whatnot. So uh, I already mentioned Coley was tendered as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Higgins as well as Jermaine Whitehead tendered. Yeah. Obviously, I think you and I are in agreement. We want to see Higgins back. I think absolutely he, he'll be a great option other than Odell, Callaway, uh, Landry, and the rest. I think he'd be a, a great fit. Listen, uh, I think in two wide receiver sets, obviously you're going to have Odell back and Jarvis out there. Yep. But if you go three, you can throw Jarvis in the slot and put Higgins on the other out other outside mm-hmm. um you can do or callaway out right. there one of them too and then higgins or callaway being that kind of like fourth like rotational depth guy like if you ha- if you take those four as your top receivers that looks really nice oh yeah definitely uh whitehead i know he was in green bay prior to us mm-hmm. uh the obvious connection with green bay in the front office i know that they are pretty big fans of whitehead so look for him to stay and compete as a safety depth, especially now with Peppers, because at the moment we have Randall, Kindred, and Whitehead. I'm not sure if we have anybody else at the moment mm-hmm. uh, with Brian Body Calhoun gone as well. That loses some depth at the safety position as well. So I, that's another position I definitely think they're going to look at in the draft at, at worst depth. Uh, I know there's been rumblings with Eric Berry. 
Uh, Trey Boston's a guy I'd really like to see them bring in. He had a year uh, under his belt with Wilkes in Car- or, uh, excuse me, Arizona, and he was in Carolina before that. So he's very familiar with Steve Wilkes. Uh, so that's a guy I would definitely target as Trey Boston. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board for Eric Berry. I think he's he's had his issues, obviously, with uh, – I think he – he had an was Achilles. Cancer. He was, and he, wasn't he a, he's a cancer survivor. He, is. he, he had, had cancer he had that, and Achilles injury. But he's able to beat that. He's yeah. He hasn't played a lot over the last couple of years, but obviously the talent is there. If you watch when you know whenever he is on the field, so three games the past two years is all he's played. Yeah, so it's going to have to be a one year, prove it type of deal. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, and one of the guys, uh, Chico, who does the later night show on mm-hmm. the fan, it was so funny because. Like a ten-year-old kid called in, oh really? And it was so funny because he's he's being really cool about it, he, and and the kid was like, "I think the Browns should sign Eric Berry." He was like, "Oh yeah, he's like, he's my favorite player," and he was like, "Well, I don't think we're gonna do that. I think he's gonna cost too much," and that kind of made me like say, "What? I don't think he's gonna cost that much at all." Like you said, I eh. think it's gonna be a one-year prove-it deal. He hasn't done it enough the last couple of years to warrant a big deal. It depends on what. Your definition of too much, my definition of too much, and John Dorsey's definition of too much are probably yeah. all three different values. Mm-hmm. So I think one year deals you can kind of go out and do a little bit more on because, like I said, it, you're you're out of it. If you got the the money to spend now, if you got the cap, and it's not going to restrict you from doing anything else you need to get done this year, go ahead, sign that one year deal, give it a shot. But yeah, don't don't lock yourself into anything that's gonna get you in trouble down the road. That's kind of my definition of of giving up too much. But yeah, so it was kind of funny because he the the kid was like, yeah, he's my favorite player, blah blah blah, and he was like, oh yeah, why is he your favorite player? Be- because he's really good. Yeah. I just like him. So it, it was kind of a funny conversation to sure. listen to. But yeah, that kind of brought up the the point I wanted to make, which you know him saying we'd have to give up or he'd cost too much which i didn't agree with and you know just wanted to hear your thoughts on that fair enough yeah uh i know the panthers have been looking at eric berry Mm -hmm. uh steelers the colts colts would make the most sense to me i think him next to malik cooker would be ridiculous i think that they well i know that they have a ton of money still out there so it'll be interesting to watch him and again i if we end up getting Trey Boston instead, I would be very happy with that as well. And Trey Boston's a damn good player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the later part of the show, we're gonna do a whole rundown of the biggest free agent signings and you know a couple of the the traded players around the NFL. But before we move on, we want to go over one more Browns topic here, and that's the curious case of Duke Johnson. What to do with him? You can even add Ogba into that, really. Ogba, as of right, as of right now, he's. If you can get anything that's going to be a value for you right now, go ahead and trade him. But with Duke Johnson, I don't feel the same way. I don't. I don't think there's really much that can talk you out of giving up what is right now and for the first eight weeks of the season, your backup running back, and a really a damn good one at that. I think. It's going to take a lot for me to move him before the trade deadline. So here's kind of my thoughts. I really like Duke. He's, I think, been very underused his whole career in Cleveland. 
I think the coaching staff doesn't like him as much as the fans like him. I think that they really like Dontrell Hilliard as well. I would not sleep on Hilliard becoming the replacement for Duke Johnson. Uh, if I was Duke, I would not want to stay in Cleveland as well. I think that Duke has a has earned the right to become a bigger focal point of an offense, which he will. I don't think we'll get here. Um, that being said, with Hunt being suspended for eight games, it's going to fall for him to return right before the deadline. Mm-hmm. So possibly keep Duke, have him as your number two, try and display him as much as possible. Exactly. Especially since we're going to be putting up 50 points on everybody and hopefully right. blowing people out. So mm-hmm. he'll get a lot of playing time. Uh, and then, yeah, if the trade deadline comes, just take the best offer. I would say... I would love to get a third rounder for him. I think more realistically, it'll be a fourth or a fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it could be end up being a player swap. Like if the Jets came calling and said that they would offer Darren Lee and maybe like a late draft pick for Duke Johnson, I'd be good with that. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the Eagles as a landing spot for him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of a couple different teams. There's not really a ton of teams that are really like hurting at the running pack running back position but what about yeah, like uh, I said, what about tampa bay they drafted ronald jones last year but he hasn't oh yeah he barely hit the field uh pan barber's okay uh yeah. i mean they don't they don't have much back there i could see that as a landing spot for sure the cowboys i know were interested at one point and mm-hmm. he, i feel like though he would be kind of in the same spot as he was this year mm-hmm. and uh, i saw an interesting article from a couple years ago duke made it very well known in this article that he would love to convert to a full-time slot receiver rather than staying at running back. How would you feel about instead of drafting another receiver or signing another receiver, we just convert Duke to a slot receiver? I wish they would do that, but they won't. And that's, that's the thing is I think every year they told us, Oh, we're going to, you know, use them in every possible way. And that was one of the bigger ways you can use them and get him involved, but they just have ha- didn't do it enough. I mean, he lined up there a few times, but not as as much as he should have, especially with where our receiving group was at prior to. Sure. But I think right now, I mean, our slot position is, and I I don't know if he's going to give up any fight about being going back to being labeled this, but Jarvis Landry, you have Callaway and Higgins to be on the other be the other outside receiver to uh Odell Beckham Jr which you know puts Jarvis in the slot and I don't see Duke Johnson being over any of those guys so I just don't see that being a position that could be open right now where we're currently at I could mm-hmm. see that the, the the years past but they just they just never went that route and I also think that he could at least in the first eight weeks to try like you're saying, use him more to try to build up his value. I think that that option is definitely there. And I think they could use him as, you know, a lot more. It'll be interesting, you know, just to see what they actually end up doing. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I don't want to put us that, that thin at running back. I know you said they like Hilliard, but I'm not ready for him to be a number two right now. When we get cream hunt, sure. He can be the, the third running back on the depth chart, but I don't want to put us in that position 
until, you know, we, we know until we have Cream Hunt back on our roster. I just I just don't like the idea of that. And for you know for what you know something something even if we got like a third round pick now for him, but we would get a fourth round pick later. Like I don't know if that's something I'm will willing to sacrifice and put us that thin at a position that we're hyping up as such a strength of our team right now. How would you feel if we added we traded Duke Johnson for draft capital and then one of the following happened. We signed a guy like TJ Yeldon, who's a good receiving back. He's gonna be cheap. He sure. has experience. Or even signing a guy just first name that comes to mind, a Mike Weber in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean I, I Mike would Weber like that if, they, if they have a direct succession plan to it, I guess I would be fine with it. But I, you know, like I said, if, if they don't, and their plan is Dontrell Hilliard, unless you're getting something that's going to help you directly now, I don't see any any point in getting rid of him now when you can just you know use him for the first half of the season and get rid of him at the trade deadline when Cream Hunt is a week or two away from getting back. Yeah, the only thing about the deadline thing that we've seen a lot is Duke Johnson potentially getting hurt. He's never really been injured a whole lot in his career, but he always gets hurt. It almost seems like every game he gets hurt. So, I'm just saying... Nobody needs to know that. uh, And then uh, some minor breaking news, nothing major. The Oakland Raiders and Donald Penn have agreed to part ways. Uh, So we'll talk about Trent Brown signing in Oakland in a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's another tackle on the board, and he said he wants to play left tackle. Don't know if he makes sense on the Browns, but, I mean, that's a pretty big, uh, yeah, good tackle on the market. So speaking of, speaking of which, uh, we are actually going to take a break now, and when we get back, we are going to go over all of the around the NFL signings and other deals. So we will be right back. Stick around. All right, so now we're going to go around the NFL and talk about some of the bigger free agent signings as well as a few trades that happened. Uh, so we're going to start off with quarterbacks here. Uh, the big one, obviously, is Big Dick Nick Foles signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars for a four-year, $88 million deal. Uh, can get up to $102 million with bonuses. So, Brandon, you're the one who called Jacksonville and uh, signing Nick Foles, so let's get your thoughts first on this. Well, first of all, I hope we don't get flagged because I've been listening to podcasts as not explicit material. So, oh boy, <laughs> Yo, you can bleep that that part out. Yeah, right? we'll, 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 we'll let it slide. I'm 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 sure we'll we'll, we'll be fine on that one. Um, that's his nickname, though. I, yeah, I can't change I mean, the nickname. That's, that's my uh, like you said. That's that's my prediction. I don't know how it's really going to turn out, but. The the Jags and it hasn't been as good. It wasn't as good last year, but they had a really tough defense. And I think they lost, you know, a couple pieces. But if it's they still have money. a if they still have a pretty def- decent defense going into next year, Nick Foles isn't going to lose you a lot of games. He's going to hold you in there as long as you got a, a strong team around him. They have Leonard Fournette. They have a couple decent wide receivers there. Not as nothing, you know, no crazy big names or anything. But they have what D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook. They have. Uh, um, they saw no. Alan Hearns went to went the to Cowboys. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. He's but 
They're, I can't I can't name them right now, so this is a bad job out of me. But they their wide receivers aren't junk. Um, I don't know you know what their offensive line looks like really, but as long as their defense is still holding up next year, they're gonna they're gonna win some games. They'll probably you know be in that playoff run. He's gonna do better than Blake Bortles was. Plain and simple. Yeah. So uh, something we'll kind of skip ahead here, real, real quick. Uh, one of their receiving targets is freshly signed Chris Conley, uh, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, to a one-year deal. Um, they also have Marquise Lee still, who was out last year with an injury. Uh, some of the defensive guys they have: AJ Boye, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Calais Campbell. So they still have some pretty big name guys on the defensive side Mm -hmm. uh marcel darius is another one they drafted dj chark who is a wide receiver uh tevin keelan cole they have miles jack uh yannick naguke who's a very good edge so they have some guys still yeah i think i think besides blake bortles they i mean you put the the last couple years they've been you know arguably a super bowl contending team and being held back by Blake Portals. So I think you put a competent quarterback on that team and they'll they'll be solid. Yeah. They'll be very solid. Uh former starting Browns quarterback Tyrod Taylor going out to LA for the Chargers, a two year eleven million dollar deal. Nice old backup for them. He he's made the transition. He has accepted he is a backup quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot for him. Uh, Rivers has been very durable throughout his career, so I don't Mm -hmm. think Tyrod's going to see any playing time at all uh, unless something terribly wrong goes out there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's a a nice little waiting spot. Nothing crazy, but pretty good fit for them. Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater decided to stay with the Saints. He uh, had an opportunity to probably go start with Miami and turned it down to you stay on and as a hopeful Drew Brees successor that's kind of interesting I love it I think his game is perfect for the dome mm-hmm. uh Brees I would you know you say it every year with Brady you don't know how long Brees has left yeah it, he was very good again last year it's he didn't take a step back at all mm-hmm. they have plenty of tar- uh weapons Michael Thomas uh Alvin Kamara uh, they did lose Mark Ingram though so Camaro's going to have to be the guy out there, but they also signed Latavius Murray to a four-year contract. So, uh, I mean, the Saints still have a very good offense. Breeze is still there. I think it is a little bit interesting to note that it was a one-year deal. Take that for whatever yeah. it's worth. Seven I don't know. Guaranteed to, I mean, I don't know what – because it says it's 12.5 um, with, you know, the seven guaranteed. So I don't know – the incentives are probably like more good. playing time, yeah, making sure which, he's healthy, things like that. Sure. Now, Breeze is under contract through, I believe, not only this upcoming year, but the year after that. I think he's locked in through 2020. So the Teddy Bridgewater for a one-year deal is interesting to me. I, I, You know, maybe that has no indication on the thought process with Breeze. I don't know. And I think this is the be- – and just, like, real quick, this is the beginning of a trend, I think, that is going to – stay around for a while with guys like Breeze and Tom Brady. It's just the beginning of having quarterbacks that are able to play into their 40s. And I think it's a combination of two things, and that's advancement in technology and just more knowledge about health, like these guys being able to have the diets and be able to, you know, train their body and and do everything correctly to make themselves more sustainable. Right. 
And then also just the way the the rules in the league are changing to protect these guys and you know, it, it's going to extend careers and you're you're going to see those, you know, top tier, top level quarterbacks are going to generally be staying in longer and playing well into their 40s. I think especially when we get down to the road as long as we think Baker Mayfield is what he is, he could be playing till he's 40, maybe 50. Yeah. Let's hope, right? No. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, big knock on Baker was his age coming out. Mm. Hell, give us 10, 15 years of good quarterback play. That is plenty. You oh, know? that's that's all you can ask for. Right. Um, another guy who could be, you know, in that in that discussion, he's not quite that old yet, but Joe Flacco Ugh, traded to garbage. the Broncos. You know what? John Elway said that he thinks Joe Flacco is still, like, in his prime or just about to hit his prime. Joe Flacco sucks, and... This is not surprising. I think John Elway's one of the more overrated GMs in the league. For being such a great quarterback himself, he's a terrible quarterback talent evaluator. Uh, I mean, the facts are in his drafts. He drafted Paxton Lynch. He was a big Trevor Simeon fan. Uh, signed Case Keenum to that big contract. So uh, giving wow. up a fourth rounder for that big of a contract for a guy who is not your future seems like a very desperate move to keep the Broncos relevant. But you know what's really shocking me right now? What's that? Do you know what the most touchdowns he has thrown in one year is? Uh, Let's go with 27. 27 touchdowns. Oh, I'm right. That's exactly right. Nice. He his best year is pretty much Baker Mayfield's it, rookie year. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought he was a lot better than that. I mean, I didn't think he was super great or anything, but he has been that pretty much his whole year. Or his whole, his whole, his whole career. Sorry. Yeah. Um that that's surprising to me. I thought he would he would be one of those guys you just for, to be able to stick around on a team that long, he you know, would have some, you know, thirty five touchdown seasons at, at the at the least and yeah the most he's thrown for he had, he had one season where he threw over four thousand yards you had to think though they have never been a huge destination for receiver like really good receivers sure. and uh i mean they've had a few throughout the years like Derek mason they had just had crabtree last year they've never had insanely big huge talent at wide receiver so mm-hmm. uh yeah I, i've always thought he's been overrated uh, now that I look at his, his stats, absolutely. Yeah, right. Because this perception that I had of him, and you know, leading up to me typing in Joe Flacco's stats into Google, he's—I mean—he's the worst <laughs> quarterback in the AFC wow. West for wow. sure. I mean, Mahomes is obviously better. I think Derek Carr's better, yeah. especially with the weapons he has now. And he's, Phil he's, Rivers is obviously better too. You know, just as you thought he was on his way out, I think he's—he's get, he's getting one more real chance with. With the Raiders, he's got some. He, they're they're beefing up the line, help trying to get the line set for him. He's got weapons now, and he's got some weapons. So I think this is uh this is the last chance for Derek Carr to prove that he is what he was when you know the first his first couple of years wasn't a fluke, and the last few years aren't representative of what he really is. So that'll be interesting to see how everything goes down in Oakland for sure. Yeah. Speaking of really <clears throat> overrated bad quarterbacks, uh, Case Keenum goes to the Redskins in exchange for a few late-round uh, draft picks. I believe we touched on this on the last episode, so we don't have to get super into it. Redskins are desperate. 
Mm-hmm. Again, you'll see here in a little bit some of the contracts they spewed out. Uh, Alex Smith more than likely not going to be playing this year. I really think they should try and throw a second rounder over to Arizona, see if they can get rid of Josh Rosen if all the Kyler Murray trade is uh, or Kyler Murray drafting, you know, is real or not. Yeah, I, I think Rosen would be a great fit for Washington. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least with this, it's been late round draft picks. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's not anything that's super. You know, it's not a fourth rounder like Flacco got, but. I really hope Washington tries to get a guy for the future, not stick with Case Keenum and Colt McCoy as their options. Yeah, it's it's not looking too great for them, for sure. Um, they, I think they should definitely look elsewhere. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, that's all right. I'm going to say about yeah. that. Um, the only other uh, notable movement with quarterbacks in the NFL is kind of a surprising one. Ryan Tannehill traded to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was sent over to the Titans along with the sixth round pick for a 2019 seventh round pick and a fourth round pick in 2020. You know, whatever he's he's signing a a new deal with them. Uh, it's going to be pretty much the same thing as Teddy Bridgewater's deal. It's one year, twelve million with seven guaranteed. So, you know, he's going to be a backup for Mariota. Mariota's had some injury issues, so he might get to see some playing time. I didn't think Tannehill was bad enough for them to move on with absolutely nothing at that position. Yeah, so Tannehill is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I love this move for the Dolphins. I'm just going to put that out there now. I absolutely love this Looking move. Looking at his stats, he looks to have a very Joe flacco Ian career. Yeah. So with with the Dolphins, Chris Greer, their general manager, I think realized we need to hit rock bottom in order to get back up top. And this is they're going to take the Sashi Brown approach. Yeah, work for the Browns. The, you know, you got Tua from Alabama coming out in a couple years or next year. Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. There's going to be some good quarterback prospects. Obviously, things change. Uh, so getting rid of Tannehill, eating the dead cap money now, and that's kind of, I think, the Giants' approach, too. Eat the dead yeah. cap money now. Don't fool around with it. They got an extra draft pick in the uh, next year's draft in the fourth round. Uh, they already accumulated a couple draft picks. So if I'm them in the first round, I trade back, continue getting more first round, or uh, excuse me, some more just draft picks trying to hit on stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, for the uh, Titans, Mariota's had some injury history. Um, Tannehill's decent enough for them to for him to step in and keep them somewhat afloat. I think their team's good enough to where Tannehill can at least you know keep the ship steady. And he's I mean he's an upgrade over Blaine Gabbard as a backup. So yeah, absolutely. So that'll be a uh, fun there in Tennessee for sure. Yeah, right. All right, we're going to move on to the running back position. The obvious big move. Finally found out where Le'Veon Bell is going to put down some roots here. Uh, signed with the Jets, the four-year, $52.5 million deal with $25 million guaranteed. Nice little deal for him. I, I The Jets are definitely the type of team that 
continually tries to win the offseason and then it doesn't adjust to the field. However, I actually really like this move. I think him and uh, Darnold are a great duo. It's going to definitely take a lot of pressure off Sam Darnold. And last year they had Crowell, they had uh, Belil Powell, all fine and dandy. They're, neither of them are Le'Veon Bell, though. So I think Bell out of the backfield is a receiving option, uh, obviously as a ball carrier as well. I think it's definitely a very good fit for them. Yeah, having a strong running back can do a lot for your offense and help out your quarterback a lot. Just, you know, look at the Cowboys and Zeke. Look at Todd Gurley with the Rams. Right. How You know, how that helps that offense. Yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah, with Nate, the Browns, I mean. Oh man, he is gonna have a year. I'm telling you. So that that's definitely gonna help the Jets out a lot and add, you know, help them stabilize a little bit and sure. start to help out their their trend up. And you'll, I'm sure, we'll see that kind of rise in the next few years, especially if Sam Darnold gets better, takes that next step. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the next deal we're gonna talk about: Mark Ingram heading to the Ravens on a three-year, $15 million deal. Sorry, yeah, It's a good little signing for them. I, I think what they had going last year wasn't actually too bad. Um, no, nah, I thought Gus Edwards was pretty decent, actually. You know, there's something about – it seemed like there was something with having Lamar Jackson running the ball all the time that actually helped their actual running backs running oh, yeah. game. Definitely. So I don't know if that's going to continue as much – the Ravens can't do that forever with him. I think that was something that they needed to do because they had to go to Lamar Jackson earlier than I think they wanted to. And I think that was only a temporary fix. I think if he's going to stick around, he's going to have to be more consistent throwing the ball. And it'll be interesting to see how having to make that adjustment will affect the running game. So, Yeah, uh, I I think obviously he is better or at least a more well-known commodity than Gus Edwards was. Mm-hmm. Um, they That probably pushes him down to a – Edwards, that is, to a number two guy. Uh, I think surrounding Jackson with better weapons is obviously a good thing. Uh, they really need to add receivers, but at least it seems like their running back room solidified. They have four tight ends signed at the moment as well. So, yeah, it was a nice little signing for them, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Indy's getting out of the shadow of Alvin Kamara. You know, he was already really good, and then Alvin Kamara kind of broke out and took over that main role there. And it wasn't a knock against Mark Ingram. It was just how crazy Kamara was playing at the time. So, you know, hopefully he he gets a chance to shine as a number one back there. I, I like Mark Ingram, so. Yeah, hope, yeah, it should be good. Hope that works out well for him. Right. Um, the uh, Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. getting the oldest uh, – Running back trio in NFL history, signing yeah, no Frank doubt. Gore mm-hmm. to a one-year, two million dollar deal. This one doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know about what. Do, what do you think? Meh. Right. I mean, they already have Lashawn McCoy, who is obviously older, a more proven guy. Uh, Frank. I mean, Frank Gore now coming in, coming in, obviously an older guy as well. They have Chris Ivory, who's been in the league for nine years. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, Gore's not a good receiver at the stage. Uh, him and McCoy just kind of seem like they're on their last legs, but I mean, Frank Gore's obviously a monster. It's not like, you know, he, he's been pretty solid throughout his whole career. So 
I mean, future Hall of Famer. Sure, sure. Just I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much that makes sense for Buffalo, and really, I don't know how much sense that makes for Gore to join a team like that. Yeah, he's not going to have a big role there. I don't. I don't think. I mean, he could take over maybe like the second spot from Ivory. If probably that. sure, but yeah, nothing, nothing groundbreaking there. Yeah. He's just it's just know, a weird. This is another year for him. Weird signing. Um, former Cleveland Brown, I believe we touched on this in the last episode, so we're not going to go into it too much. But uh, Carlos Hyde yep. uh, went to the Chiefs. He kind of got already a, a decent little running back room. They don't have like a standout guy, but running um, back by committee. Yeah, Spencer Ware, Charkandrick West was a thing at one point, mm-hmm. and Damian Williams he was a thing in. after uh, Hunt was cut. So yeah, it seems like all their guys are guys who were people who were good fantasy pickups for like two or three weeks after the guy ahead of them on the depth chart got hurt. They all got their chance and played fairly well. So, um, yeah, nothing crazy going on there. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, to the Saints. Looks like he's probably going to take over that backup role. The yeah, void, pretty nice size the void contract. Of Mark Ingram. So, yeah, four-year, $14 million. Nothing, nothing huge, but a little bit of security there, I guess, for him. I'm sure they can get out of that a little bit early if they need to. It's not a ton of money, so good little deal for him. Mm-hmm. The 49ers yeah. making a pretty good move, uh, picking up Tevin Coleman. I really like that signing, actually. See, I, I like Coleman. Uh, the weird thing to me is so last year they signed Jarek McKinnon to a pretty good size contract, and him and Coleman are similar enough type of players. Uh, they signed McKinnon to like a four-year, almost a $30 million deal. And they also have a guy named Matt Breida who fit mm-hmm. in pretty well there. And it seems like he's a pretty nice running back. So yeah, I would think a lot of touches in the backfield there. I would think it would be that they should find a way to you know move on from that Jerk McKinnon and have hmm. Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman as like Matt Breida as the maybe like... Second guy? The Well, Tevin Coleman's more feels more of like the third down receiving back to me sure which is kind of what what he was with uh the falcons i i mean i don't think he's like too injury prone or like too small or anything to be like that bell cow back like i'm sure they could go that route with him like it's it's de- he's not the same as like a duke johnson in that aspect mm-hmm. but he's you know he's he's the faster guy matt, matt Breida seems more like a powerful guy to me so he seems like the more like traditional workhorse type but i think between those two but i could definitely see tevin coleman being the number one and them utilizing him more i think he's got that potential so so they they also just re-signed raheem mostart who actually played for the browns uh for a bit so that's all yeah i mean that's four running backs who i think have a spot in the league if i was them i would probably also move on from mckinnon with Coleman coming in, I mean Coleman's a pretty big guy. He's six one two ten ish. So I mean he's gonna probably be their workhorse type of guy. Brita's gonna probably end up being more of the scat back receiving type of guy. Um, yeah. but then with them resigning Mostar, I wonder if that's gonna be more of their receiving guy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And they also have like Matthew Days. I was about to say they they got another. Uh, Former Cleveland Brown. Oh, yeah, I actually right. really like Matthew Days because of the guys we had. He never really got a shot, but that's somebody who, 
And he this has might a be an unpopular yeah. opinion, but if he was still on the Browns roster, it would make me feel more comfortable with getting rid of Duke because I would like to see him get the ball more. He didn't really play a lot in regular season, but I feel like anytime he got an opportunity in preseason, be that you know what it was, sure. I feel like he played really well. So. Yeah. Yeah. So they got. They're okay. I mean, they got some good depth there, but I think Tevin Coleman, you know, put him at the top of the list there for them can really give them sure, uh, some right. good help. And finally, uh, Adrian Peterson, another old guy sticking around, uh, resigns with the Redskins on a two-year, eight million dollar deal. He's still just <laughs> chugging yeah. along, I guess. Well, I mean, I, in my opinion, he's the best running back in our lifetime, so it's good to see a that the the goat of our era at running back stick around sure he's gonna be a guy looking back you know he's gonna be a guy you tell your grandkids about uh really glad that he is kind of sticking to it and hopefully he uh has a nice year and wraps his career up in washington yeah i'm going through his stats now that's just it's just ridiculous looking at him I mean, I felt like he kind of fell off a little bit earlier than this, but, you know, just as as recently as the 2015 season, he had almost 1,500 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, going through, I mean, his rookie year, 1,300, uh, and 1,700, 1,400, 1,300, 2,000 in uh, 2012. Yeah. He, he's absolutely a monster. It kind of seemed like... Uh, even last year, he had over a thousand yards. So he's he hasn't fallen off at all. He he he's stuck around and he's been productive pretty much his whole career. Even when he was uh, traded, moved around a lot. You know, oh never mind. So in twenty seventeen, between the two teams, when he first got moved uh, from Arizona to was it New Orleans, he only had like. 530 yards. He started out in New Orleans and then went to Arizona. So okay, it was the other way around. But yeah, once he went to Washington last year, they kind of gave him a a proof of deal. Like, hey, let's see what you still got. And he produced. I mean, thousand yard season, you're gonna take it for sure. Oh yeah. So they're like, all right, well, let's you know see what we can get going forward. Yeah, he's also a good mentor to a younger guy if they end up bringing one in and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely like it for sure for them. All right, well, let's move on. Yeah, let's talk about some receivers. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the biggest move, obviously, that happened. Antonio Brown finally traded away from Pittsburgh. He's going out to Oakland for a third rounder and a fifth rounder. He also restructured his deal. It's the same amount of years for three years. Uh, It's now up to $50 million with 30 guaranteed. He is now currently the third highest non-quarterback May, uh, per year, I believe it's uh, $19.8 million. Yeah. Uh, I think Pittsburgh was in a very tough situation, which makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with how he, he was handling the entire situation, it's obviously very well documented all over the place, so we don't have to go too much into detail about it. I kind of figured Oakland was going to end up with him. He, that just seems like such a Gruden and Mayock type of move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but honestly, I mean, from a, just a pure football aspect, he is going to help out Derek Carr a lot. They're throwing a lot of money at that offense right now. They are, yeah, um, a lot of money. As we're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about next. 
uh, Tyrell Williams coming in. We'll 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 do that separately. But yeah, they're doing a lot of money. Yeah, I think I think what I heard their their plan was you know spend on offense and draft some defense. So we'll see how that that works out yeah. for them. They got three picks in the first round, and and uh you know quite a bit of other picks. And, so and a they have some stuff to work with. Sure. Yeah, and a de- so. yeah. So they got some picks to play with, and it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. My 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 one thing I want to say about Antonio Brown is thank you because I don't see Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns happening if it's not for what Antonio Brown did and that putting that fear that that could be a possibility down the road, putting that in Dave David Gettleman's head, right? So just I guess thank you Antonio Brown for doing that, that for for one for leaving Pittsburgh. And go leaving it a mess. Leaving the yeah, leaving the AFC North, leaving Pittsburgh a mess, and then also possibly setting the precedent for OBJ coming to the Browns. So we'll take it. Yeah, right. We'll absolutely take it. Um. So yeah, and then like we said, also the Raiders brought in Tyrell Williams, Mm -hmm. paid him a nice little chunk of change as well on a four-year, forty-four million dollar deal with twenty-two guaranteed. He was. You know, probably the biggest receiver on the market, you know, coming into this free agency. And, you know, he was linked to the Browns at times. I think it was pretty well consensus that we didn't want to put that kind of money into a wide receiver like that. Yeah, um, I mean, especially it was because- a buyer's mark. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, he was going to – he was the biggest guy, like you said. He was going to get paid the most and – for a guy of his caliber, I'm really glad we did stay away from him. Yeah, he don't, you know, he might have been the best wide receiver in free agency, but not the he best wasn't, value. Yeah, it was it, because of that his value just got skyrocketed, and he got, you know, he got paid, but he got paid a lot more than he should have, um, and that's just from him being the best receiver available. But the thing is, there wasn't a lot of great receivers available, so. Exactly. Um, he got overpaid, but you know what? That's a quick one-two punch works. added. Yeah. yeah, it's one a quick one-two punch added to the Raiders. They also have uh, Seth Roberts is a nice, nice, solid guy. Do they still have Martavis Bryant? Yeah, Bryant is still on the team, I believe, but I know he was suspended in mid-December, so who knows what's going on with him. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Jared Cook, I feel like definitely would have been a better option than Tyrell Williams. Yeah, I bet they uh, they probably look to get one of those uh, top tight ends in the draft. I could definitely see them picking up, you yeah. know, Noah Fant or Hawkinson. Yeah, if I mean if they're there in the twenties, to absolutely sure. Uh, moving on, uh, Deshaun Jackson returning to the Eagles. Yeah, he was traded along with a seventh round pick for a sixth round pick. Nothing crazy. Um, some late round picks swap there. And Tampa was signed a three yeah. year deal. Yeah, Tampa wasn't going to keep him, so it makes sense for them to move on, get at least something. Yeah, uh, I think that's a pretty good fit with Carson Wentz in Philly. That'll definitely uh, be a nice trio with him, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting older, but he's still fast as hell. That's all. Yeah, deep threat. So you know somebody. Yeah, that could help the help the Eagles out there as a as a deep threat. They have Alshon Jeffrey, who's a really solid receiver, but not really like a a speed deep guy kind right. of thing. So could play Zach really Ertz good. too. 
yeah, Ertz. They got, you know, some solid receiving options there, and he's going to be somebody who just helps take the, the top off the defense. Um, one contract kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Cole Beasley got paid a little bit, heading heading to Buffalo, signing a four-year, $29 million deal with the, with the Bills, uh, $14 million guaranteed. Nice little contract for him. Kind of surprising. What do you think? Uh, it's going to be weird seeing rap legend Cole Beasley suiting up for another team. I just, just found jamming. out. I just found out today Cole Beasley's a rapper. He's on Spotify. It is one of the strangest things I've ever come across. Check it out. It's not actually. It's that not bad. the. Yeah, it's not worth. The, I I don't know how he compares to Le'Veon Bell, but I don't know. Uh, I listened to two, like two and a half of Le'Veon Bell songs. Just from those two, I felt like the whole mixtape or whatever is going to sound the same and then i heard like 15 20 seconds of cole beasley and he automatically sounded better so hmm. that's my analysis okay but yeah i mean it'll be weird seeing beasley in another costume or costume another <laughs> uniform i think like you know you think cole beasley like he it feels like he's been in dallas forever so and another guy the bill signed as well as john brown mm-hmm. three or 27 million so they shelled out some weapons for Josh Allen to throw either over their heads or completely off from them. Uh, hopefully Brown and Beasley are in it for the money and not the catches because I don't think that's going to work out too well for them. Well, at least they got one Brown. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, one that actually wants to go there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in all seriousness, if Josh Allen does take that next step, he needs weapons around him. He can't just be just kind of like Lamar Jackson. If you want to be a quarterback in the NFL, you cannot consistently just be a runner. You have to be able to throw the ball. So for Josh Allen to make that next step, these two receivers coming in, I think it's a pretty pretty uh, nice little thing for him. They still need a number one receiver, uh, which there's plenty of them in this draft, I think, that they can then get in, into the second round. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the fits are fine, mm-hmm. but we'll have to see if Josh Allen can actually take that next step or not. Yeah, John Brown got a nice little chunk of change too. I mean, mm-hmm. same same amount of money, but for three year three years. I mean, yeah, three John, years, I, I really like John million, Brown. So. I think John Brown's a very underrated receiver. He's never had great quarterback play with them. Sure, another so, another yeah. guy who got paid pretty nicely. Uh, Adam Humphreys to. The Tennessee Titans on a four-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. Um, the other, little, the other Colby's good little payday there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mariota, I think, needs kind of that slot guy. Mariota's not a, got the strongest arm in the world, mm-hmm. so having a guy like Humphreys underneath, uh, winning in those quicker routes is definitely something that will help them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, really like Jamison Crowder going to the Jets as well. Three year, twenty and a half million dollar deal. Yeah, uh, that's just an, another weapon for Sam Darnold. I think between him, Robbie Anderson, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Quincy, and Wuzu or Zuma, what, however his last name is pronounced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a pretty good receiver, though. So I think between those weapons, I think that's a actually a nice little uh, some playmakers for Darnold to actually be able to you know get the ball to. Yeah, helping it out a little bit. I mean, they were weren't too spectacular. They have a couple of nice guys already, you know, and uh, what's his name? Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Yep. Is a is a good deep threat kind of guy. Anunwa, he started off pretty hot, but then kind of cooled off later on Anunwa, the season. But I yeah, think he's kind of yeah, like a like a more of a slot guy, I guess. Is that that's pretty much 
that's pretty much what Jamison Crowder is in, is too as well, right? Yeah, I'm is, he, sorry. is he more of a slot guy? Or? Yeah, more of a slot guy. So uh, Anderson's going to be your works, deep but. threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quincy is going to be. Uh, he was more of a slot guy, but he'll have to probably be a stepping into that number two role unless they feel like Crowder is okay to be in that number two spot. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, none of them are world beaters. None of them are Odell Beckham Jr. But I mean, it's a nice little uh, weapon basket that Darnold can uh, go to. Mm-hmm. And one team trying to fill a void of losing one of the best receivers in the NFL, Golden Tate to the Giants. I hate it. I have n- I literally have no idea what the Giants are doing. They <laughs> they're, they're stuck in between rebuild and going for it, and it's the worst gray area to be in in the NFL. You lose Lane and Collins, and although you get Peppers, Peppers is not as good as Collins. Now, he's younger, cheaper. I get all that. That's a great move for a rebuild, but then you get rid of a 26-year-old receiver who's arguably, what, top two, top three, at mm-hmm. worst top five receiver in the league. And then you sign a slot guy for, what was it, a four-year, $37.5 million deal. So are they going to get rid of Sterling Shepard? Because at this stage, Tate is a slot. Mm-hmm. Shepard's a slot. What Unless they think Shepard can fill the OBJ number one role, which I... I like Shepard. He's a nice player, but he's not a number one. He's sure. not big enough. You know, I, I I don't get it. I have no idea what they're doing. Dave Gettleman is an, the worst GM in professional sports, probably. Mm-hmm. That's saying something with them, you know, right by the New York Knicks and James Dolan and gang. I, I don't know. I think it's stupid. I hate it. Golden Tate's a good player, but just a terrible move on their part. Yeah, I agree. Um, Talk about another guy uh, taking off from Carolina, heading to the Colts, Devin Funches. Got himself, seems like kind of like a prove a deal, even though he's getting a nice little chunk of change for the one year he's there at $13 million. Uh, So Devin Funches to the Colts. I mean, I like it. It's okay. He's, it's fine. Yeah, we we've kind of compared him, just saying he's not he's a less talented Tyrell Williams, not not as good. Yeah, not as fast, not Sim- as good, but but similar in play style and whatnot. So they got a couple guys, but that's just you know another you know it's a good big body kind of have, weapon, big body guy for Andrew Luck who made his comeback last year and is looking to keep that going ahead. So yeah, nice I mean, they have T.Y. Hilton, who's a smaller speed type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a rookie, Deion Kane, who actually, I believe, tore his ACL, but they were really high on him coming out of Clemson. He was really doing well in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a bigger body. He's 6'2", about 200 pounds. But, I mean, Funches is 6'4", 6'5", probably around the 230 range. Uh, so that definitely gives them more of a red zone target. Uh, I think they kind of got a little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Yeah, I think teams started to key in on Ebron in the red zone as he was their target. So adding another body like that, I think definitely helps luck for sure. Yeah. Um, the next couple I'm just going to kind of run through here. Uh, Chris Conley to the Jags on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Dante Moncrief, which I actually kind of like Moncrief. 
Yeah, I, I, he's I think just, he's, he's never had he's, that big breakout like, year. Yeah, he's he seems a little underrated. He he's got a good talent. We'll see, you know, what happens to him going on the Steelers. What kind of role he has there? But yeah, he's going to the Steelers on a two year deal. Um, Danny Amendola, as everybody is well familiar with from the Patriots, and then went to the Dolphins last year. He is headed to Detroit to play with the Lions. Got a you know, one year, four and a half million dollar deal. Nothing crazy there. And then the last wide receiver on the list, somebody Browns fans are familiar with, Brashad Perryman. Uh, initially agreed to terms with the Browns on a one year, four million dollar deal. And then somebody came to Cleveland that kind of changed his mind. OBJ trade happens. And then, you know, news came out that he was no longer interested in, you know, signing that deal with the Browns as. I think it's understandable. Um, a lot of people want to say, "Oh, you need to be a competitor," but he, it was already tough. Like he, he, I feel like in his limited role last year, which it was very limited, he played good, and I think his chance to make the best of a prove it deal is to be a top three receiver on a depth chart, and I don't see that happening with OBJ in Cleveland. So I'm, it's very understandable why he wants to move on when he's going after that kind of deal. So that one-year, $4 million deal is actually going to the Bucks. He will be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, another, you know, that'll that'll help fill, you know, whatever deep threat void was kind of left with Deshaun Jackson. I like it for him. I wish him the best. Yeah, I wish him the best. I'm glad he came to Cleveland and what he brought. It seems like it rejuvenated his career. I think you're a bit higher on you're well, you're definitely a bit higher I'm on Paraman. I know. The, compared to me, I, I think he's nowhere near the uh receiving prospect that you think he is. However, he did have a very nice year last year and hopefully he can continue on with it. Maybe uh earn him some some big bucks. But yeah, I don't I don't disagree about him leaving. I, I get it. Um but yeah, I mean, good luck to him out in Tampa, and hopefully he's a nice option next to Mike Evans. Yeah, now uh, it's time to move on to the tight end position. Uh, we don't really have a lot of tight ends going on here, but three out of the five we're going to talk about are were, you know, on the Bengals last year. Four out of the five were in the AFC North. Yeah, and... Uh, Two of them, you know, two of the the Bengals, they are actually returning to the Bengals. Uh, That would be C.J. Ozuma is returning on a three-year, $18 million deal. And Tyler Eifert, we're kind of, that actually I believe just happened today. Mm -hmm. We've kind of been waiting around. That was somebody we talked about as a target for the Browns possibly. A good little, you know, veteran presence in the tight end room. And he is returning to the Bengals on a one-year deal. Uh, So we'll just kind of lump them together. What do you you think about the the Bengals bringing back those guys? Uh, Usma was a pretty solid tight end for them. I, I think that's actually their best re-signing that they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eifert is a really, really good tight end if he's healthy, but that's obviously the biggest question mark is if he's healthy. Right. He's had a lot of injuries the last few years, and <coughs> I I like him as a, a player, so hopefully he's able to – be able to stay healthy and earn a bigger contract next year after this one-year deal. Um, the other guy from the Bengals who stepped up for Eifert is Tyler Croft. 
He went to Buffalo on a three-year, $18 million deal. That seems like a, about right market-wise for him. Uh, Buffalo, again, adding another weapon to surround Josh Allen with. Uh, I, I like this move a lot for them. It's cheap, uh, under control for three years, and really, really, I just I think a good fit. Definitely a better fit there compared to Charles Clay was in Buffalo. Yeah, it seemed like Charles Clay had his moments but was never able to put anything together consistently. So some much-needed help going there to Buffalo, I agree. Uh, the next kind of big name on here is Jesse James, uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler, now heading to the Lions on a four-year, $25 million deal. Gets 11 guaranteed. Nice little deal for him. He was so- very solid last year, had the the controversial, you know, is that a catch, is that not a catch kind of thing last year with them. So a, a good pickup by the Lions. I think they, I they really have... wanted him in Cleveland. I thought he would have been a great fit. I, I like Demetrius Harris, everything I've heard about him, but I thought Jesse James would have been a perfect number two tight end in this offense. But for what he got money-wise, I definitely think it's a good fit. And I think that was one of my favorite signings in the entire offseason is Jesse James going to the Lions. I think that's a great fit for them. Definitely a nice target for Matthew Stafford. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sucks we missed out on him, but that's a pretty good fit, all things considered. Um, and then the last guy in the tight end group, and we already had talked about him last episode, was Dwayne Allen. Not much to talk about there. Two-year, $7 million deal. Pretty cheap option. Uh, veteran guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, that's, you know, not a huge signing by any means, and it seems like more of a depth type of signing. Sure. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, the next uh, couple of positions we're going to talk about, we're going to go go into the trenches, talk about the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen. We got a lot of those, so we're going to take a quick break and get back to you with that. All right, so moving on, offensive linemen. We're not going to get too in-depth with this group. Um, however, here are some of the bigger signings. Center Matt Paradise is going to Carolina on a three-year, $27 million deal. John Miller is going from Buffalo to the Bengals on a three-year, $16.5 million deal. Billy Turner got a very nice contract for the type of player he is to Green Bay for a four-year, $29.5 million deal. Uh, Raymond Foster is returning to Pittsburgh on a two-year, $8.5 million deal. Roger Saffold uh, had a pretty nice contract, four-year, $44 million deal with 22 and a half guaranteed. He's yeah. heading out to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he got paid. He did. Yeah, <laughs> he's a pretty good guard, but, yeah, he, he got a nice contract there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Hart. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bobby Hart had a lot of issues in New York with the Giants. Uh, teams called or The team called him out due to lack of effort and working. They ended up cutting him. The Bengals claimed him off of the waiver wire. Was one of the worst graded tackles in the league last year. And they re-signed him to a three-year, $16 million deal, which is just wonderful news for the Browns. Vernon and Garrett are going to be licking their chops against him. Yeah. Uh, Jawan James, formerly of the Dolphins, going to Denver for a four-year, $51 million deal. It's uh, some nice protection for Flacco. Uh, the big winner, Trent Brown, going to Oakland. That was the f- very first uh, 
number or the very first signee of the free agency period it came together and I go 11 minutes so you know legal tampering definitely starts early he's going out to Oakland four year 66 million dollar guarantee uh deal 36 million guaranteed he's now the highest paid tackle in the league Donovan Smith re-signed with Tampa Bay three-year 41 and a half million dollar deal with 27 guaranteed and then a couple trades Pittsburgh trading Marcus Gilbert they're starting right tackle to Arizona for a six-round pick. That's a pretty uh, big hole now. Pittsburgh's got to fill. Uh, and then Kalichi Azamele is going to the Jets from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he and a six-round pick is going to Oakland for a fifth-rounder. Mm-hmm. That opened up some money for Oakland, but that's a pretty damn good guard and will uh, definitely help out Darnold and protect him a little bit better. So oh, uh, out of... Out of all those guys, uh, I think the biggest contract, obviously Trent Brown. I think that's also going to be a really good fit. They're going to slide Colton Miller from left tackle to right tackle now. Uh, Colton Miller was a first-round pick last year, uh, the first year Gruden took over. Donald Penn, like I said earlier, uh, him and the Raiders agreed to part ways. So total overhaul on the offensive line in Oakland. Um, so I think, yeah, Trent Brown, obviously a big winner getting all that money. Uh, Brandon, did you have anything else to add to the offensive line? Any signings stand out to you? Not really. Um, like I said, I think obviously the big deal, Trent Brown was really good. We talked about the Raiders throwing a ton of money Mm -hmm. at their offense as a whole. And that being one of those situations, um, I think they're, Losing, you know, a decent guard trading away the Kalichez Melly, but they could look to address that position in the draft. They got a ton of draft capital. Um, so, yeah, nothing crazy. That's one one reason I've, I I didn't feel like we needed to go too in-depth is yeah, the, sure. the, the offensive line isn't as glorious of a position to talk about, really. So. Yeah. Not not much input there. I don't I don't know these guys like I know some of the receivers and the running yeah, backs yeah. and right. stuff like that. Sure. So, so yeah, that is all of the the moves made on the offensive line, or at least some of the bigger moves. It's not all of them. There's a couple other small signings out there, a couple oh, yeah. guys that you know you might not have heard of, or maybe you did. I don't know. But we just wanted to kind of highlight some of the bigger deals, and we're also going to do the same thing uh, on the defensive side of the ball and start out with. Uh, the defensive line, we're going to go over some of the defensive tackles, uh, defensive ends, some edge players. So let's get into that. Uh, Mark, go ahead and run those down too. Yeah, so I'll quickly again kind of hit on these here. Uh, Malik Jackson, a guy who really wanted the Browns to target, went to the Eagles on a three-year, $30 million deal. It's a really nice signing with them. Him and Fletcher Cox are going to be a nasty duo on that line. Um, along with him, Brandon Graham re-signed with the Eagles for a three-year, $40 million deal. So uh, between those three, as well as Derek Barnett, that's going to be a very, very nice defensive line. Uh, Brandon Meebane re-signed with the Chargers for two years, about $9 million. Uh, adds a good depth piece to that team. Jonathan Hankins re-signed with the Raiders for a two-year deal. I, I don't believe the money has been posted for that. Uh, Henry Anderson, a guy I really wanted the Browns to take a look at before the Richardson signing and the Vernon trade. Uh, he's 
uh, kind of do it do it all guy who's had some injuries, but he had a really good year last year for the Jets. He resigned there for a three year, twenty five million dollar deal. Uh, I think the big winner and one of the biggest edge prospect or edge free agents to hit free agency this year, Trey Flowers went to Detroit. He's familiar with Matt Patricia out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years, $90 million. Uh, that's a very good signing, I think, for them. And obviously, he got paid very good money there. So Yeah, it seemed like Matt Patricia was just out for all the Patriots players that he coached. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's, a yeah. I mean, Flyers knows his defense is a good fit. I think that's a good signing all around. Sure. Uh, the Chiefs got their D Ford replacement with Alex Okafor. Uh, three-year, $24 million deal. They're switching over to a 4-3 defense from their 3-4 uh, initially, so uh, get some new blood in on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrell Suggs going to the Cardinals on a one-year deal. I believe he went to college out there, might have grown up there, so he wanted to have a fresh, different start. It's going to be weird to see him in a different uniform, though. I mean, yeah, he's been we- there forever. It's... Uh, the first time ever, the Ravens will not have Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, or Terrell Suggs on the team since their inception into the league. So, unbelievable to think about that. Yeah, I mean, Terrell Suggs is a monster, and we're kind of listing him with the DL as, you know, as kind of like an edge rusher guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's like an outside linebacker edge, so we're going to lump him in with that. But, yeah, definitely a, a veteran who a very prominent guy everyone knows the name Terrell Suggs oh, yeah. especially in Cleveland he's given us hell for years and years and years so it'll it, it's nice as a, as a Cleveland Brown to see him get out of the division oh absolutely and part ways with the Ravens absolutely uh the Packers signed a pair of very good edge rushers Preston Smith from Washington a four-year 52 million dollar deal and then another guy from the Ravens, Darius Smith, going out to Green Bay for a four-year, sixty-six million dollar deal. Hallelujah! That's a that's a great duo for them. And yeah, sure. it's gr- glad to see Smith out of the AFC North as well. Um, Dante Fowler resigning with the Rams for one-year, twelve million dollar deal. He'll have a chance to have a another good year and see if he can get a bigger contract next year. Uh, another guy going to be weird seeing in a different uniform, Cameron Wake, going from Miami. He's been there a long time, mm-hmm. uh, going to oh, the yeah. Titans, a three-year, $23 million deal. I think he fits that Mike Vrabel defense pretty well. Sure, real good player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very good. Uh, and then last two uh, guys we'll talk about real quick, a couple trades. Defensive end Michael Bennett, along with a 2020 seventh-rounder, is going to the New England Patriots, and in exchange, the Eagles get back a 2025th rounder. There's going to be talk of Martellus Bennett coming out of retirement. He's technically still with the Patriots. Uh, him and Michael playing together, I know that's been a dream of theirs to uh, suit up for the same team. Are they brothers? They are, yeah. So okay. that'll be an interesting little storyline to, to sure. see. And then D Ford. Getting a big contract uh, after being traded to the Niners for a 2020 second rounder. Mm -hmm. Five-year, $87.5 million. Uh, Ford, I guess the contract is going to have a out after one year, which I think is smart for the Niners. Sure. Ford had a very good year last year, but it was more of his kind of first big year. So if he doesn't stay along those lines, then they can get out of it pretty early. So I think overall, pretty good deal for both sides 
of and, that and, as well. And that'll be interesting because, you know, they add him who's really good edge rusher and they're in position to take one of the best edge rushers coming out in this draft. And uh, Joey Bosa's little brother, Nick Bosa, with that second pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the, if he doesn't go, you know, one to the Cardinals, if the Cardinals decide to smarten up, yeah, yeah. if they decide to trade Rosen and and draft, draft yeah. Murray or whatever, um, that's you know somebody who could be play in play for them. So you know they could all of a sudden have a really dangerous pass rush with D Ford and Nick Bosa on the edges there for him. So that'll be sure. interesting to see how that plays out, and then you know if something changes or. He's not available. He does go one to the Cardinals. You know, they got something there. So, yeah, it's a good, I think it's a good move for the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, some some big linebackers hit the free agent market here, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them got paid. So, Anthony Barr, going back to Minnesota, spurned the Jets pretty hard. Yeah. He uh, was on record saying that it felt like he was walking down the aisle and was about to marry the wrong girl. So that's a slap in the face to the Jets, but he got a five-year, sixty-seven and a half million dollar deal with the Vikings. Uh, he was going to team up with C.J. Mosley, who went to the Jets as well, a five-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. I don't think. I think if Barr ended up staying with New York, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is a Jet. It's a lot of money. It is a lot it's of money. A lot of money, right? Uh, Quan Alexander, very good, young, fast linebacker who had a torn ACL last year, four year, fifty four million dollars to the Niners. I like, I, I kind of like what the Niners are doing though. Mm-hmm. D Ford, Quan Alexander, those are two good guys on the defense. You got Tevin Coleman going in on offense, that, and then they'll probably add a Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams or even a Josh Allen to that team. Yeah, they've so. made some solid moves this free agency i absolutely agree yeah i I really like quan alexander i think he's a good fit in that defense for sure yeah uh another guy uh on the move uh jordan hicks heading to the arizona cardinals on a four-year 36 million dollar deal solid player i like that move a little contract yeah i think that that was not as expensive as I thought he would have got. And sure. I, re- I really would have liked to see him in Cleveland. I thought he would have been a great fit on this defense. And $9 million a year is not a whole lot. So uh, I think he has dealt with injuries in the past as well. That might have been kind of what John Dorsey thought as well. But, yeah, no, it's a pretty good fit in Arizona. Uh, good good deal for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Another guy on the move, uh, Preston Brown. Somebody I was kind of – looking at with with the Browns. I mean, I was looking at a lot of guys at the sure, linebacker position, right. obviously, being one of our needs. But uh, Preston Brown re-signs with the Bengals. Uh, three years, $21 million. Solid player for them they're hanging on to. Yeah, yeah, that's probably their best signing in the offseason for sure. sure. Um, there's also K.J. Wright staying in Seattle, re-signing with the Seahawks. Uh, again, another guy, it's going to be weird to see him in another jersey. Thomas Davis going to the Chargers on a two-year or $10.5 million deal. It's going to be really weird not seeing him in Carolina. Really, really weird. Sure, sure. And then speaking of the Chargers, Denzel Perriman re-signing out in L.A., two-year $12 million deal. So that's a nice little duo there. Uh, I I'd think the Chargers are still got a pretty nice defense and Davis could, you know, 
help them out, give them at least a little bit of depth if you still got some stuff left in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to break it up a little bit, take one more break here. We're in the home stretch. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap all this up with the cornerbacks and the safeties, all the, the defensive backs that are on the move. So stick around, and we'll be back with that. All right, like I said, we are in the home stretch here, uh, wrapping up the Around the NFL talk with the defensive backs. I'm going to start off with cornerbacks. Uh, a lot of guys on this list, uh, before we start, you know, are guys, you know, the Brown, I, I thought the Browns should be looking at, try to make a couple moves and, you know, add some depth to that cornerback uh, position, you know, add somebody on the other side of Denzel Ward. So let's just run through the list here. We got Steven Nelson heading to the Steelers on a three-year, $25.5 million deal. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see him in orange and brown. Oh, yeah. That's a good pickup by Pittsburgh. Yeah, very much so. Going to give Baker a little bit of trouble. Uh, Kareem Jackson uh, to the Broncos on a three-year, $33 million deal. He got $8.5 million guaranteed. Nice uh, little contract for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pierre Desir. Former Brown. Former Brown, yep. So Cleveland fans should should know that name. Uh, he's heading to the Colts on a three-year, $25 million deal. He's getting $12 million guaranteed. Uh, the next guy really got a good deal and a lot of guarantees. Uh, Justin Coleman heading to the Lions, four years, $36 million. He had $23 million guaranteed. So. He's the highest-paid slot corner now in the game. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's... That's a lot, That's of, a lot of money for a slot corner, for sure. Um, Bryce Callahan heading to the Broncos to uh, get a three-year, $21 million deal with 10 guaranteed. Um, Buster Screen, another former Cleveland Brown, heading to the Bears. Got himself you know, three years, $16 million with eight guaranteed, eight and a half guaranteed, I'm sorry. Um, so good deal for Buster there. Um couple other guys uh bradley roby i know there's been some talks about you know cleveland and him his name yeah. has been brought up uh around the area he we, is uh, going to be heading to the texans on a one-year 10 million dollar deal yeah i was told by somebody i trust that we had actually offered him a multi-year deal yeah but it, it was not as much money and he wanted to have a one-year kind of prove it let me show you what I can do type of deal to hit the market again while he's still at a younger age. Sure, sure. Uh, um, Ronald Darby, uh, another guy to the Eagles on a one-year, $8.5 million deal. Um, you know, it sounds like, you know. Coming off a torn ACL, I yeah, think it's, again, another prove-it type deal yeah, for sure. Yeah, trying to prove himself, get something bigger, hopefully going in the next year. Uh, Kevin Johnson heading to the Bills on a one-year deal. I don't have the details on that. No, it's probably not a whole lot. He's missed a lot of games with concussions. Uh, mm -hmm. That was another guy the Browns were in on. Another uh, couple no, couple other uh, former Cleveland Browns. One is racing as last year. Uh, Brian Bowdy Calhoun is also heading to the Texans. Yep. Uh, got a one-year deal there. Maybe he's hoping for a bigger role in a poor man's uh, honey badger. Sure. I think for that defense, for sure. Sure, he he was really nice here for us. He was. He was a good. I mean, he was an undrafted guy. Thank you, Sashi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Sashi. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jason McCourty is going to stay with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. uh, signed up for two more years, uh, eleven million dollars. You know, 
Yeah, uh, right. Solid piece, them, you know, staying on that, that defense there. And then somebody coming out of retirement, Dominique rogers Camrati, uh is coming out of retirement to sign with the Bears. Uh, on that one, we don't have uh, details with that. Speaking of coming out of retirement, some get, somebody we didn't talk about, Jason Witten, coming back out of retirement. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, Dallas. I mean, obviously he's going to stay in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dak Prescott really likes Jason Witten, and there's a need, and he's definitely better as a tight end as rather than a football analyst. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was not very good at all. Yeah. So, no, good for him. Obviously – he can't shake the game, so uh, hopefully he's still got some left in the tank. My my roommate's going to be mad that we left him out. He's a big Dallas fan, yeah. big Jason Witten fan. Tell him to get so. it towards the end, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so last uh, position that we're going to cover real quick is the safety position. Landon Collins, big, big, big deal. Big Six, money. Big yeah. Six-year, $84 million with 45 guaranteed. That is just that is buku bonkers money. Uh, pretty cool though. Dan Snyder gave him an autographed Sean Taylor jersey, and Colin said he cried because that was his favorite player growing up. So that's kind of cool to see. Wow. Uh, I guess he yeah. actually might even wear the Sean Taylor jersey number twenty one. So it'd be kind of cool to see that passed down. Uh, big move in the AFC North. Errol Thomas going to Baltimore for a four-year, $55 million deal. Would have liked seeing him in Orange and Brown, but mm-hmm. seeing that contract, I, I do not blame them at all for passing on that. Yeah, losing, losing Peppers, we could definitely you know look to be picking up a safety, but we don't need to spend that much money on him for sure. Right. Uh, the Honey Badger going from Houston to Kansas City. The Chiefs with a nice three-year, $42 million deal. Good for him. I, I think that's good money for him, and I think uh, – He'll be a nice piece to that defense that's trying to rebuild and re uh, bolster that. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this next one kind of surprised me actually with how much he got. Um, he, Lamarcus Joyner, he's he's no scrub, but the Raiders are paying him four uh, forty two million over four years with sixteen point seven guaranteed. What well, do you know why? Because it's just the Raiders. Of yeah, course they're gonna exactly yeah. like he he's a nice player and all, but. That's that's a lot of money, sure for you know a player his caliber. So, yeah, Raiders Ra- Raiders throwing around money. I mean, they threw a lot around on offense, throwing a little bit around on defense too. Um, but yeah, Lamarcus Joyner heading to the Raiders, got himself a a good payday there. Yeah, Adrian Amos going to the Packers. I really Packers are my second favorite team. Really like what they're doing with their defense. Between Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, and now Adrian Amos, uh, four-year, $37 million. They're not messing around on defense. They realize they have a weakness, and they're really trying to, you know, uh, create a defense that's going to stop the Vikings' offense, but, you know, from Cousins and Diggs, Thielen, and all that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that signing for them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got Kenny Vaccaro going to the Titans, four-year, $26 million with 11.5 guaranteed. Pretty good safety. I don't think that's an outrageous overpay or anything. No. Uh, former Brown, uh, Tashawn Gibson, going to the Houston Texans after being cut f- uh, from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Three-year, $22 million deal. It's a little over $7 million a year. Uh, nice little signing there as well. He's, I guess, going to be taking the spot of Honey Badger. But, I sure. mean, they signed Body Calhoun, so I'm not 
Not quite sure, but I mean, well, Calvin, Bobby Calhoun can play slot, and so he'll probably yeah, be a exactly. slot corner. That's what I was gonna say, is yeah, he can play that slot corner role as well. Yeah, definitely. Which he did a lot in Cleveland. So taking over for Adrian Amos in Chicago is gonna be Ha Ha Clint Dix. Only a one year, three and a half million. Before we started recording, you and I were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Surprised he didn't get as much money. Uh, I think he obviously has his mindset on going back into free agency next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, that's pretty cheap. A uh, good replacement for Amos, I think, I think out he, in Chicago. I think he wanted to play with the Bears, too, so I think he's willing to take a little bit yeah, a little bit less. Um, and then finally, um, somebody, you know, people, fans of the Browns, any any of the AFC North teams would know uh, Eric Weddle, the beard, sh- the shaved beard now. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is heading to the Rams on uh, – two-year deal can make up to 12 and a half million so i mean they're probably their answer to maybe losing the marcus joiner uh yeah 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 yep yep you're correct yep so you know somebody you know a veteran to to put on that defense there um he's kind of i guess now at this point probably starting that decline but i mean i would say he's still fairly solid Safety, yeah, so yeah, definitely. This is a good pickup for them. Yeah, I think that he is heading to the Rams. That so. fits their kind of signings that they want. So mm-hmm. definitely a good pickup for them. Yeah. So that's that's a wrap. I mean, that's that's a wrap on all the the around the NFL signings trades. Um, we didn't. And there's a lot of lot more to come for sure. I mean, obviously, absolutely. Dorsey might have something up his sleeve that we haven't heard of. I mean, there's been rumors about a Von Miller trade, a Jalen Ramsey trade, yada, yada, yada. ton of different stuff going around. I uh, don't know how feasible any of those are, but you never know, John Dorsey. Would love to see it all, definitely. Um, this show, we're going to end it a little bit differently. Instead of doing games of the week and our hot takes, we're going to just give our Browns predictions, our uh, record yeah. predictions. Whatever. As of right now, obviously a lot yeah. can happen between now and September. But what's mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what your thought process is on the roster construction and what what. So yeah, go ahead and start off. What do you think right now with our current team? We took a look at the schedule earlier. What do you think the Browns record wise could be? Yeah, we we played the schedule game, and this might be a little bit homer, but I came out to thirteen and three. Um, wow. I had us pretty much sweeping the division except for one Pittsburgh game on the road. Um, and then I had us losing to the Patriots. I could see that scenario being flipped, maybe us losing one game to the Ravens and you know winning that Patriots game. There's just, with the team we built, there's not, I, we're going to be in every game. And I think towards the end of last year, we started to learn what it took to win, what, what it takes to win games. And I think with the players we we've added, that that's going to happen on a much more consistent basis. And I just see us being a really really good team going into this year. Um, some of the biggest holes I think we solve on the team is um, there's still just a lot of question at our two tackle positions. Um, our our line came together fairly well last year, and that you know we're also you know that right guard position. Corbett's going to have to step up and at least be average and play it well or, you know, cush if he ends up taking that role. But I think we need to make sure either hope or 
get something to help out the the tackles there and make sure Baker's got the time in the pocket that he needs. Obviously, the the fun positions, the wide receivers, the running backs, we're set. We we are so good. Um, if if Baker at the very least does what he does last year, we're gonna have a super super powerful offense. We're gonna be very we're gonna be very Kansas City Chiefs esque offense. We just we got some real heavy hitters defensively. Obviously, we have an amazing defensive line that we put together. Adding Richardson, adding Vernon. Uh, that outside that other outside linebacker position is kind of like the biggest question mark in that area. I think Joe Schobert's very very good. I think Christian Kirksey's very very good. Um, we could use some depth. Obviously, not having you know even the, a, a, a standout starting guy. Uh, for the left outside linebacker position, you need to find that, but you also need some more depth there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really, really good young cornerback in uh, Denzel Ward. I think Terrence Mitchell, he had a hot start but kind of fell off after his injury. So if if he can kind of return to form and be what he was early in the season, I think our top two corners are, are really good, and I think we got some good depth at corner, but we could always add another. Um Demarius Randall at safety were solid there, but could bring in another one for the the strong safety position. But besides three or four positions, which I, I don't think you you'll find a team out there that is set at every position like that. Right. I think some of the real heavy hitter positions, the real like big name positions, the ones that really make a big impact on the team, we are well above average at. Yeah, and that's what is really getting me hyped for this season. I don't see anything being out of the realm um, for this team. I think they can go all the way, and I think everyone is starting to see that around the league as they're what the the fifth best odds to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's it's crazy to say, but that's a very very much a possibility, and it feels really good to be able to say without laughing about it. Right, and I won't I won't break down every position. I think my biggest concerns with the team is uh a corner number two i i agree with mitchell ever since uh, i mean his injury he didn't look super great uh it looks Mm -hmm. like ej Gaines is going to be gone tj carries better in the slot he did play better in the second half of the year but uh we also have a potential out with him from his contract next year which could definitely be a cut candidate uh depending on how he plays uh strong safety Kindred's okay. I uh, I definitely would like an upgrade, whether it's an Eric Berry. Uh, Trey Boston's more of a free safety, but I think Randall's a good enough tackler. He's physical enough that he could play the strong safety spot. Uh, and then a strong linebacker, strong side linebacker. Avery is more of an edge guy, not great at covering. Uh, had a very bad grade in PFF. So we'll have to see if there's a linebacker that maybe they're working on a trade for, uh, maybe another signing, a smaller signing. Uh, And we'll have to see how Avery also improves over the year. I know John Dorsey's pretty high on him. One thing, though, to keep in mind with all of these quote-unquote weak spots is good coaches can hide certain positions. If... Steve Wilkes is as good of a defensive coordinator as we hope he is. 
he'll be able to put guys in position to be successful and kind of hide the smaller holes that we do have on this defense. I think another thing is obviously depth on our team. Defensive line, cornerback, linebacker. We just need to add some depth on the defense. But right guard, I understand it is a bit of concern, but they must trust Corbett and what he can do. And Cush uh, seems like he is a nice second option if they sure. do decide to go down that road, if Corbett is not ready to step up and take that role. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think we're going to end up being 11-5. and five. I think the team is still young at the moment. Uh, I think there's going to be some games early on that are going to be a little frustrating, trying to smooth out those uh, rough edges. Uh, there's, they're going to lose a game or two that they I don't think they should. They're going to lose a game or two to good teams like the Patriots or the Rams, Seahawks maybe. Uh, so I think yeah, eleven and five win the AFC North, and I'm just I'm really excited to see what we end up doing with the draft. If we trade the draft picks for more proven veterans, or trade up to get a guy in the draft that they really like, so it's fun time though. It's a, it's a great time to be a Browns fan. Well, there it is. I am projecting thirteen and three. Mark's got. 11 and 5. And these can change after the draft too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm closer to the training camp. We don't know. We don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll definitely do a an updated one before the season starts when we're when we're really ready to go. But I think where we're sitting now, I don't think you can expect them to to win any less than 10 games. It's playoff or bust this year. It really is. Pretty win much. Win the win the north. Yeah, and that's, you know, that that that's a story for another day with you know the impact that those expectations will carry and yeah. how that you know how that might affect the team as a whole but that's going to do it for today a lot of uh extra long episode we went a whole hour over what we it's usually do it's big time do. it's a big um, time to be a fan a browns fan and an mm-hmm. nfl fan i mean there's so much going on so much a lot to of guys we, we got a lot of guys we didn't even get to you know mm-hmm. different signings and whatnot throughout the year so but yeah we wanted to give our you know full recap of all the biggest deals going on give our thoughts on on a lot of the bigger deals and you know obviously had to give odo beckham junior trade it's it's time in the light because franchise yeah. changer it's it's yeah it's a big deal you could say that it's pretty much a big absolutely. deal absolutely but that's gonna do it thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week don't forget pulsepodcastnetwork.com check us out there get our merchandise check out our blog when we get that up and going listen to our radio show on there or podcast episodes hold ton of different podcasts on there there you go thank you for that Hey guys, thanks for listening and checking us out. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook uh, so you can stay up to date with the show. Right now we're doing our second giveaway on Twitter once we have 500 followers. So make sure you retweet our post on there. Uh, Spread the word. We're also on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. Also check us out on the Pulse Podcast Network. Uh, Their website is www.pulsepodcastnetwork.com. We are under the general sports section. Uh, You will see our big logo on there. So uh, feel free to come check us out. And thanks again. We'll see you guys next time.